0: Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial Home and Away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavna. Where I take a weekly look at the trials and tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week I'll do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters find themselves in. Like, is hiding a criminal from your boyfriend a dumpable offence? Or, is murdering a murderer really a crime? So get ready to feel closer each day to Home and Away. Now, before I get started, I want to share a top tip to really enhance your Home and Away viewing. And it's super simple. All it is, is no spoilers. It's a total game changer. You have to try it for one week. So when your episode of Home and Away ends, just quickly hit pause, run for the remote, turn off the telly and just don't watch what's coming up next. Because extreme soap opera thrills await and it adds a certain level of drama, shock. Just try for one week, five days, try it. No spoilers, no coming up next and see how you get on. It definitely is worth a go. So this week kicked off with Leah slowly but surely coming out of the trauma she experienced from her kidnapping with Douglas. And I think the fact that she didn't know about Mason's death kind of puts it into perspective how long she was missing for. And I think they're doing a good job of her slowly coming out of it. But then she kind of takes like a few steps forward and then flinches at Justin and then they're all of a sudden back there. But one issue that every single resident of Home and Away hates is bloody counselling. Like, why won't any of them go? You've been through this massive ordeal, six weeks trapped With a man with no eyebrows, he was extremely, extremely scary looking and not a whiff. Justin mentions it almost pretty much in passing and there's, she won't, could do it. Every single cast member refuses counselling and it is just the key. You have to go and see someone. But I think it was only a matter of time then before we got the Douglas comment thrown at Justin and I think it was insanely unfair And like, you're not really taking into account that he's grieving for his brother. And obviously she's not thinking very clearly, but I don't think that was very fair. So hopefully this bust up pops the bubble on it and they kind of start back and square one because I really hope they're not heading towards a breakup because I just love them so much together. And Justin has finally met his match with Leah. And both characters, I think, are deserving of each other. And they can help each other through this time. And I really don't want to see them break up. Speaking of breakups, on to John and Maz. So John hasn't exactly acted accordingly in this whole paradas coming into town, paradas moving into his house. And I understand Marilyn has been changed by her experience in the siege. And side note, I just love how they call it a siege. Like it was a hostage situation or like, but I just... I'm really enjoying how they keep saying siege. I just think it's a perfect use of that word. Not to put light on a very sad situation, what happened there, but it's just, I just really appreciate that turn of phrase that whoever wrote that script. But like, Marilyn knows who she married, right? John was always snarky, always narky, always extremely stingy. And like, you can't really, I know she says she's lost her patience for him now, but like, that's not really fair because you knew what you were getting married and now you're all of a sudden tired of it. Not defending John in any shape or form. He's just got his like knickers in a twist and he's annoyed and he's jealous. But I really, really, really don't want this to be the end of them. I thought they were lifers on that show. And like, I feel like John's, like they can't stop fighting. And then every time John tries to bring it up, like, Marilyn really doesn't seem like herself, but, like, the rest of her life is pretty together in terms of, like, post-siege Marilyn. Um, like, she's still wearing heels on the beach. She's still dressing impeccably. So, like, you just kind of don't really get an insight into her, what's going on in her head. But then I was very glad when Rue, who obviously knows her so well, was like, she gave a really good insight into... What was actually going on in Marilyn's head being like, I don't think Maz is herself. I'm taking that as like a shred of hope that they're not headed towards breakup because maybe she's just having this extreme reaction. Like, why are you like rejecting Ari? Like, he was the person who saved me. And like she said a few times, like, you think I'm a fool for believing that they're good people. So I hope this is the catalyst that changes John and not the catalyst for them to break up because I couldn't take it, my little heart. Also, I am really enjoying Marilyn's babysitting outfits. The chic little puffer like below the bum and the uh, kind of active wear and I just love it. It's just such a contrast from what we're used to with her. It also reveals her true height which is so amazingly small and I don't really understand why John hates the Prada so much. Like, They're really lovely. And like if he just gave them a chance, things would all get better. And also, I really love them. I think they're a great new addition. I love how they are with each other. Like the way that beautiful little scene with uh, Gemma and Nick and he's like begging her for money from the pizza and she starts dancing. I love them so much. And she's really good at embarrassing him. And you can tell that they really love each other. because, like there's not that many family, apart from the Estonies, there's not actually that many like family dynamics that you see. Oh, Bella and Colby excuse because that's a whole other kettle of fish. But like that kind of gorgeous little family moments are in there. And I really do love that. So speaking of Bella, she had a big week this week. Ryder completely broke her trust by telling Nick about Tommy. Now, backstory with Tommy, if there's any new lockdown listeners listening, which is a guy that groomed Bella on the internet and he ended up coming over to the house, trying to sexually assault her. Irene interrupts it, clocks him over the head with a big pot. He ends up in hospital. Uh, When he finally recovers, he then sues Irene, which enters into this whole big court case battle with him and without Bella's testimony, Irene would lose the diner. Luckily, there was a happy ending and Tommy gets put away and that's the end of that. But that is very much Bella's own story, okay? And as she said to Ryder, one very the first moment I've ever been proud of Bella, it wasn't Ryder's story to tell and I'm so glad we've seen like a shred, a shred of maturity from Bella that she didn't go off the handle or do something stupid. Now, I know she later steals the car and goes to that house party with Nick, but she didn't react like Bella usually reacts. And look, I'll take that win because Bella has just been acting like such a little brat and the rant that Dean gave her two weeks ago was so overdue. And Colby totally pussyfoot's around her, Willow lets her away with murder, and Dean, now that he's living with them and he can be like a second dad which is so what's needed because she has totally taken such liberties from them and I know she's been through a lot but this whole cycle of like school, no school counselling, no counselling her obsessive nature like trying to set Max's restaurant on fire and then like no one finding out about it I'm just at my end of the tether with her and I think this relationship with Nick is kind of making her kind of come round and move on with her life. The TAFE decision is genius. And get her out of school, get out of this school debate. And But what it did kind of make me sad was the way Colby was like, I'm giving up, I'm done with your tantrums, do what you want, I'm done helping you. That was kind of a fizzly end. I thought the TAFE counselling deal was and the fact that Dean is paying four grand for your TAFE I thought that that was a good way and to also show to Australians you need to go to counselling but anyway so I just wonder will they come back to the counselling or will they kind of just drop that and then just go in the Nick direction I don't know Which brings me on to Mackenzie and her hospital obsession with Colby. So her love for Colby is like reignited with the the leg stabbing. And I think her kind of like overthinking everything. And I love when Willow snapped at her because she is like saying what we all feel, I think. That it's just like, stop going over and over and over about things and stop obsessing. Like, if he wants to be with you, he will be with you. But like... You being by his side without him asking during the hospital, it's like not okay. And while she's a beautiful girl, my God, does she have one really good sourpuss face? Like it's really good. Oh Yeah, I do have a real soft spot for her because like she's really trying her best. Like, look, she's barking up the wrong tree with Colby and then sets her sights on Ari. And But the flirting, oh, I'm like cringing out so bad. Like, Like I said, I reward loyalty. Like, what? He gets a beer there once a week. Oh, gosh. Oh, it just makes me, I don't know. Like, and he's so gorgeous, but like, like a bit too cagey. So I don't really know who I prefer her to be with. They did, they were in the siege together, Ari and Mackenzie. So like, they do have that bond, but then she has history with Colby. I actually don't know. I love Senior Constable Colby Thorne. So I would hate for him not to be happy, but like if it hasn't worked by now, it probably shouldn't work. Um, which brings me on to Ben and Maggie. So I kind of felt like the week, the earlier episodes in the week were kind of building up. They were showing how in love that they are with each other and how well Ben is doing. But it was almost like something was too good to be true. And it was just like idolising them. and. Or on that I was like, oh, maybe we're just like reflecting on how far Ben has come. Also, good thing to note is the many hairstyles of Ben Estoni. Just watch. I would love to know who the stylist is for his hair. Like it's sometimes it's swooped over. Other times there's like backcombing in the back. It's spectacular. Do keep an eye on it because it's amazing. When you start to notice it, you actually can't stop. And I just need to know, is he doing it himself or somebody else doing it for it? It's so good. So his brother Marco rocks into town for the birthday bash. Also, side note, great casting. They are like, seriously, look, could be brothers. That is just brilliant. And the blackmail, what a zinger. I am just blown away because like everything is tainted now. And I feel so bad for uh, poor Maggie. I really think that this is a good test of Maggie because she's someone with such high morals and you'd actually trust what she would do in a crisis. Is she someone who I would like really like to work for? I don't know. But he's Marco is really worming his way in with like Ziggy. Ziggy's kind of acting like this like believable, gullible little Labrador being like, this is so amazing. My birds are great. I'm giving the best advice ever. But you're not, Ziggy. Wise up. But anyway, can anyone not tell that Maggie is like, ugh, like not herself? And Ben kind of comes around to him really quickly and Maggie's still on tender hook. So that is believable. Like You would be like, okay, she's allowed to be a bit defensive. Oh, it's just so... What should Maggie do? Well, one, she should have told him at the time, but you can see why she didn't, because if they slept together when they were like 20 years ago, well, then maybe they wouldn't have gotten back together and she never would have married him. And now, okay, let's accept that it's gone on this long. And luckily Marco hasn't been in their life until now. What should Maggie do? Because if she tells Ben, you're risking losing all the, the progress he's made with his battles with depression and you're risking your entire marriage. But if you don't tell him, then you still don't know how long is he going to keep this bribe over her head. Oh, it is just... Like he's being... Marco's being the perfect amount of like vague and nasty. Like it's, it's, it's done really, really well. I am really enjoying this test of Maggie Stoney. I just think it's it's a real, like, what would you do? Because she's so much to risk. So you just have to play ball with this blackmail. And like, oh, it's a real, real zinger. But I do think she should talk to someone. I do think she should because you can't keep this all bottled up. She can't tell Ziggy. She obviously can't tell Ben. So hopefully she will kind of talk to someone and they can kind of help navigate through what she should do because I was just thinking to myself there hasn't been a good like ooh in a while and this is it so I'm delighted a great end to the week and speaking of such that about wraps it up for Summer Bays the unofficial Home and Away podcast now if you want to get in touch you can get me on email it's summerbayspodcast at gmail.com bays belt b-a-e-s don't forget about the no spoilers try for one we can see just hit pause go la, la 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 when the episode ends or just mute it and try not to look at episode descriptions online. It's tempting but it is worth it. I promise. Well I'll talk to you next Friday. Summer Bays, the unofficial Home and Away podcast with Clara Kavner.